Do you constantly battle feeling like you're not enough? Maybe it feels like this heavy weight is tied around your neck. You're stuck comparing yourself to others, alternating between jealousy and resentment. Did you know that changing your thought life, renewing your mind as we're called to do in Romans, can free you from living like this and set you on a path of joy-filled living? Don't know where to start? That's where I come in. Book a one-on-one mindset renewal session with me. Just send me an email at carlaargeswellness at gmail.com to get more info. In these sessions, we break down beliefs that are holding you back and set you on a course of living a less overwhelmed, more joyful, and purposeful life. You'll leave with the tools you need to rewrite the script in your head and take control over your life. Again, email me at carlaargeswellness at gmail.com and I will send you all the information. I can't wait to hear from you. Hey friends, welcome to Affirming Truths. I'm your friend and host, Carla Arges. This show is a safe place to share our struggles, grow in faith, and root our identity in Christ. My hope is that you will leave each episode feeling encouraged in your journey. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review. I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello, Affirming Truth family. I am so excited for this bonus episode. I am having a conversation with my new IG friend, Claire Davey. She is the founder of The Reconstructed Woman, a speaker, a podcaster, a certified Christian life and marriage coach, the list goes on. But one of the things I really connected with Claire on is dealing with childhood trauma. How do you come out of that and how do you build a beautiful life in the aftermath? Thank you so much for being here, Claire. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, you know, I really, we, we'd had a connection call and I really connected to your story because I think sometimes when we have had these hard childhood experiences, we can sometimes get stuck in the mindset that the past is what the future will be. Were you ever stuck in that for a while? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, Specifically, I remember um, feeling like if God was good and if God was real, how could this have happened to me? Mm -hmm. Um, I spent a lot of years in denial and a lot of years in repression, but when it came out, I, I broke and I had a breakdown. When everything came out, it was time to deal and time to heal, but I felt like that I would say even on the journey of healing at various times. Um, and I definitely felt that in my younger years, I was not able to dream. I was not mm-hmm. able to, you know, you know, as a teen, your frontal lobe isn't developed anyway, and it's hard to see five years down the road, but most children that don't have trauma, they know what they want to do when they grow up and they have the ability to dream. I was surviving and Mm. I was coping and, um, 
I wanted to die. And so, yeah, I, I lived in darkness. I lived in that pit and I lived in the place of stuck yes. for a long time. Yes, I can so relate to that. You know, you mentioned, you know, wondering if God is good, how could you let this happen? And that's a question I've wrestled with. And I know it's a question my listeners wrestled with. How did you move from if God is good to yes, God is good, even in the midst of the pain? Oh, well, I really will never actually forget that the night that the Lord broke this off of me. It was interesting because I was saying with one part of me, I know he's good. And I had had this miraculous encounter with the Lord um, initially when I broke, but it wasn't actually until maybe a couple years after into my healing journey that he even first showed me that that was there. I was lying that, that there was a part of me, the part of me that broke at, at, you know, in trauma, holding on to that pain. And so, um, I re I was praying and, and just having time with the Lord and the feeling started to surface. And I can remember telling myself, like, just be honest, and the Lord was showing me like, you have unbelief in your heart and you have anger towards me and you have forgiveness towards me. Just let it out essentially. Mm -hmm. And I call it my wrestling with God because I was cursing him. Mm -hmm. I was um, literally cussing and saying like, how could you let me be abused by my own family members. And like, how, how could you like, you're must be a sick God. And you know, all the, all the, the negative tape and, um, something miraculous happened where he gave me, it's like, he let me get it all out. And then I was, I heard the Holy spirit say, right. And I still have it. Actually, I read it to the girls um, the other day in my course. He started to write through me the revelation of the cross. And what he said was, what happened to you crushed me. What happened to you? I, I literally was crushed. I literally took on the shame, the, the horrific, the fear, the horrendous, the abuse, not only did I take it, I felt it. So when I went to the cross, I had your sin, the sin that was done to you on me. And I was beginning to see, it was as if the scales were falling off my eyes. And I thought, okay, but then if you're, and I kept questioning him, and it was like a Job situation. I can't, you know, <laughs> I can't believe I didn't, I had, the boldness to do this, honestly, because I fear the Lord, but, um, and what he showed me was the, the picture of the man's free will. And he showed, he said that the heart that is not yielded, the human heart that is not yielded and surrendered to Christ is open to darkness. And when darkness filled my, one of my abusers that I was struggling with the most, um, when I, when he filled his heart with evil, I mean, it, 
it's allowed to prevail because of free will. And he began to explain to me free will. And I had always known about free will, but when the Holy Spirit was ministering it to me, it was like, oh my gosh, like, wow. Okay. Like this is really, we don't understand that because we control, right? We, 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 We control. He doesn't force us to love him. He doesn't force us to, to apply the word of God to our lives. And so it was really this revelation from the Holy Spirit where he showed me that I began to heal and I just broke right there. And it, it was an instant, but also a walking out. It was an instant and then it got less and less. Um, and uh, you know, I, I had a dream as well. And I really believe I never was fortunate to find a counselor who did EMDR. I was in and out of different therapy, um, but I found some really unsafe counselors at first and it was a really awful experience. And so I really believe that the Holy Spirit rewired me in my dreams in the broken parts of me because I had a 16, a dream of my adult self talking to my 16 year old self. And she was on a trash can, you know, me, that part of me in a hoodie saying like, how could he, and God's not good. And I began to speak to that part of me and Mm. say no, and explain the revelation that he had given me in my prayer time. And as that happened in the dream, I grew taller and taller and taller and tall, like a tree. It was crazy. And then the, the broken part of me just started to just diminish and I have not struggled. Then it was time to deal with the nine-year-old broken. You know, like we were always dealing with it, depending on the level of trauma and, you know, for this, no, I had physical abuse, sexual abuse, spiritual abuse within the walls of my home and outside my home as well. So I had every type of abuse um, and it was hell and healing was hard, but because of Christ and his revelation and his love, and I, I kept going back to him, you know, he was my source because when I broke, he showed up so powerfully. So then he became my source of, wow, I really believe now because I should be dead you know, Mm. and powerfully delivered me. And I had this experience with him. So then, you know, that was 11 years ago. Then it was like, I knew I just kept going to him. Like something's wrong. Like I'm still depressed. I'm still anxious. I'm still in fear or this or that, you know, and he, he would deal with me, not deal with me. That's not the right word. He would heal me little by little. And he would expose what was coming to the surface little Mm -hmm. by little. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love how you say that healing is hard because I think sometimes we don't acknowledge it. And I know in my own journey of healing and I can relate to you in having some counselors that exasperated the trauma before finding someone who was trauma-informed and did actual trauma therapy. But healing is hard. And don't let anyone tell you different. If you are feeling like it's hard, it's because it is hard. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful thing is that, yeah, God can be our source. He can renew our strength. And 
He is so gentle in that he only reveals bit by bit what we can handle, empowered by the spirit at a time. He doesn't throw back the curtains completely because that would devastate us. He takes us by our hand one hard step at a time. That's beautiful. So you go through this whole process. You go through the trauma. You go through the healing process, which I know never ends. You're still in that process until we're on the other side of glory. Healing is a process. Yeah. But you've, you've, found and you teach about a beautiful life. How do you get to a beautiful life? And and what is a beautiful life? Because I know that the world has their idea of a beautiful life, right? Big house, two cars, money in the bank. Yes. You're American. I'm Canadian, but I hear all yes. about the, the American dream. <laughs> yes. You want to live the American dream, right? Like that yes. is that is the good life. But what really is a beautiful life? I definitely want to speak to that about the American dream. And I, I write about that in my book because um, I was living the quote American dream. I had a beautiful husband. I had a beautiful house on the water. We had a boat. We had the cars. I was working as a school counselor. I was educated. He was educated. We had great jobs. We had beautiful children, amazing, talented, smart, all the things. But inside I was broken. And so what I learned on my journey of reconstruction was truly that you can have all the accolades, the accomplishments, the material things, and be so void of anything beautiful. And for me, it's before I broke, it started to show up at in my marriage. And so I was bitter and I was carrying shame and I was carrying guilt and all that stuff. Right. And so for me, li- building a rebuilding a beautiful life meant um knowing the beautiful one and that's Jesus and when i met Jesus you know now i was raised in a quote christian home that brings a whole nother layer of evil to the dimension and and just you know whole nother episode <laughs> but the the thing is is that um I really encountered Christ in my brokenness. And when he started to rebuild me, everything felt alive. I can remember I was disassociated for so long. And, you know, my college roommates would say, you were never present. You were never there. It was like void and empty, right? Because we cope that way. But when I met Christ, it was like all of a sudden my senses were coming back. Like I could, I was noticing, I could hear, I could see things, even things like the foods tasted better and the birds I could hear. It was like, where were my senses all these years, you know? And so I started feeling beautiful. And as God would do the hard inner work, it was like, oh my gosh, this peace, this joy that I've never felt when I grew up in tumultuous chaos and dysfunction, it, it was so beautiful. And he, it's, it starts with knowing the beautiful one and surrendering your life to the beautiful one. But some of the things that I have, you know, written down are living a beautiful life means healing from the horrendous and horrific events of your past. Living a beautiful life doesn't mean a perfect life but rather a promise that the perfect one will carry you through. Mm, So good. 
living a beautiful life is walking in the fullness and freedom that Christ provides, no matter the pain that you've endured. Mm. Living a beautiful life means entrusting your heart into the hands of God. I love those. Living a beautiful life is really an inner posture, an inner peace, an inner strength, an inner joy. It's not something that you can flash on the outside, but something that bubbles up from the inside as God works in you and you surrender to the Holy Spirit doing that work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he tells us, remember, he tells us uh, to build our life on the foundation, the right foundation and the rock of Jesus Christ is our foundation, right? So my life wasn't built on that. It was built on, you know, I have to succeed and get a job and accomplish and do well and look well and be well, but all while I was avoiding the inner work. And so when when it the memories came back and everything, I crumbled. And that's what he says. When the storms of life come, you won't be able to withstand that without Christ as your foundation. So rebuilding a beautiful life. And what I do with the women is this, we assess the foundation together and then we start deconstructing what was built. So it doesn't all break the way that it did with me because mm-hmm. that was awful. You know, yeah. um, we deconstruct those beliefs that are holding them back from living a beautiful life. And, you know, what would you say to the woman who has been striving, trying to build the beautiful life, but striving from the world's point of view of beauty, how would you coach her in redirecting that? Like, how would you, what steps would you give her to really get that Christ-centered, beautiful life that's free of the striving and free of the hustle and, 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 you know, free of, of having to sort of prove or earn your worth. Mm -hmm. I think number one would be to encourage her to be honest. I, I talk about this in the book about honesty and pride and denial, because typically the woman that is doing that is lying to herself and she's not honest about that. And she's terribly afraid that what is inside is truly going to come out and that people won't accept her, that people won't love her, that people, you know, or that she may not be able to survive the level of trauma that it, that it's been. And so I start with, um, the, the honesty, truth and denial piece and, and really fighting for truth and knowing that Jesus is the truth and the truth sets us free. And so we can have safety. We can have assurance that this might be hard to face and it is, but he's going to carry us through, right? Mm -hmm. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He is with us in the lows the lowest of lows. That's Mm. where I felt him the most. That's where I found him the most. And so, um, and then to just, yeah, honesty is, is where we start and it's a lengthy process, but practical, um, really look inside and within and 
learn to be honest with yourself and to get the help, get a coach, get a counselor, get, you know, a community of safe people um, that aren't dysfunctional and that are whole and heal because I was surrounded by dysfunctional people. And when people that are around you have not processed their own pain, they cannot help you process yours. Yep. So, and, and it's void and to just, it's, it's void. It's void. So just like, it's like, just stop and acknowledge and admit that everything superficial is void of life. Yes. What she's searching for. And really recognizing where your true worth and value comes from. Um, It's not based on what you do. It's not based on what you have. I think we've so been conditioned to the lie that we have to earn our worth. We have to earn it. And, and someone else can take it from us. I know coming out of uh, uh, trauma myself, you feel like your worth has been taken from you and really recognizing now it's God that gives it to us. And it is not based on our merit, but it's really based on who he is. And no one can steal the good gifts of God from us and really clinging to that truth. Absolutely. Because they, that's the thing, because they're, they're empty inside because of the void of Christ, they, their identity can only be found. Our identity can only be found in him. Mm -hmm. So anything that we seek outside of him is faulty and fleeting. And so it, we have to be rooted in him and, and know his word and know what it, what it says about us. Right. But but that's why we work with the unbelief in the heart first and let the Holy Spirit do that work because those are these, these mindsets that are blocking and preventing and you have to get those out of the way. Right. Yeah. So so you can accept the truth and it's a process. It's a process. Yeah. It's accepting every day have to remind myself. And then I have seasons where I am built up and then, the storm of life comes and yeah, you know, it's, it's not just a one-time acceptance of the truth. It's an ongoing rehearsal and affirming of the truth. And that's something I share with my clients too. Like it's not, it's kind of like a workout. You can't work out once a year and expect to be in shape. You can't eat a salad once a year and expect to be healthy. And that's so true in, in rooting our identity in Christ. You can't speak truth once and expect it to nourish you for a lifetime. You have to rehearse it. Speak it out. Yeah. I could talk to you for hours. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I could talk to you for hours, but you know, what would be sort of a, a one takeaway you would hope someone would get from our conversation today? Just know that you're not alone. Mm. Like, I feel like as a trauma survivor, the enemy wants to lie to you. Um, there are so many of us. There are so many of us and you're not alone. Not only is God with you, but there's other women. Um, and I would say find a safe community because I tried to heal in a very unsafe community with the, the people that I was traumatized with and it re wounded me. And so 
um, and it took longer. And I finally had to sever things in order to focus on me and to heal. And so I really just think finding safe people that you can trust and um, survivors that are doing the work like us, right? Like mm -hmm. that's, that's trusted uh, people because you know, we've, we've been there and we may um, be a, a few steps ahead, but we have that compassion. Yes. Yes. I love that. Where can people find you if they so, want more? Yeah. I'm so, sure they will. Um, so clairedavy.com is my website, C-L-A-R-E-D-A-V-Y.com. I also am relaunching my podcast in April, The Reconstructed Woman um, with Claire Davy, and that'll be on all the podcast locations. And then um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is where I hang out most, and that's at The Reconstructed Woman. And we'll have all this in the show notes too, so it'll be easy to find, Claire. Thank you so much for your vulnerability. Thank you so much for taking the time out to pour into my affirming truth fam here. I appreciate you. Um, I see you doing the hard work and I'm cheering you on and I'm so excited for what God has in store for you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me today. I hope we're already friends on social media, but if we're not, come find me on Instagram at Carla Arges or at Affirming Truth. Can't wait to see you back here next week. Bye, friends.